Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to the eighth episode of Saving Ourselves. And today I'm here with Maya as usual, and we hey, have two everyone. amazing guests. I think today's an exception because we did have two people joining from one company, which That's is the first time, yeah, first time on Saving Ourselves. So we are very happy to have them here with us. And we are going to give them the, um, the opportunity to introduce themselves shortly. So Katarina and Hannah are from Varma, and that is the company we are talking to today. So if you can kindly introduce yourself, Katarina, let's start with you. Okay. Hello, and thanks for having us. It's a great, great pleasure to be here. Um, my name is Katarina Sillander, and I work as a team leader in Varma. Uh, my team is doing uh, sustainability and communication stuff. And I've been with Varma for many years. And I've been there as a communications manager and also as a sustainability manager. And this uh, current job that I have is kind of a hybrid of those two. Mm. Really nice to have you with us, Katarina. Thank you. Anna. Thanks. It's very good to be here. And I think the topic what we're going to discuss today is, is super interesting. But um, so my name is Hanna Kaskela. I'm director of responsible investment at Varma. And uh, in the investment department, uh, we do uh, investments uh, in different asset classes. And our responsible investment principles apply uh, all of those asset classes. So for example, if there is a, a real estate or our equity investments, we apply certain certain measures and, uh, and KPIs there. My background is so that I studied uh, back in the days, ages ago, <laughs> finance and accounting. Uh, and uh, then I worked as a, as a equity analyst and for many years as a portfolio manager so making investment decisions in certain industries and that actually was kind of my path to responsible investment because uh, we started to analyze how to actually use the for example carbon emission data uh, regarding business risks and uh, and uh, this lead to this more uh, holistic ESG work, what I'm doing now. In a nutshell, that, that, that's me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. May, awesome. may I have, ask one follow-up question to both of you? Because that's mm -hmm. very interesting what you're doing. So what, what are your personal motivations for having sustainability-related work? Um, maybe if, if I can start and uh, kind of uh, continue what I just uh, described here is, <clears throat> I guess, uh, I, <laughs> I don't know whether that's personal or, or that's uh, in general kind of motivation, but <clears throat> it was a kind of, uh, I could say, not a lightning, lightning moment, but in a sense, a waking point for many of the uh, professional investors a couple of years ago when we realized that uh, uh, that there are definitely uh, climate change related risks uh, 
And if you don't uh, analyze those, you probably are not very good investor. <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh, in a sense, it became more tangible and more professional. So uh, uh, I would say that uh, that's a one thing. But of course, then again, uh, there is a, a or there was a Finnish rap artist who sang what you leave behind when you leave this <laughs> <laughs> so that's one, I guess uh, one could say that that's also one thing I personally have been thinking here. Okay. Mm. And are you quoting Cheek? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Cheek. Excellent question. <laughs> From the... Yeah. And yes, yeah, so what about you, Katarina? What's your motivation for choosing a career in? related to this topic at all? Um, well, I don't know if it's a motivation, but um, how, I, how, I, how I ended in this position was that um, in 2015, uh, Varma realized kind of that we don't have a corporate level uh, sustainability agenda or, mm. or a roadmap. And that is when I started this job <laughs> and mm. doing this and and I also realized that we do have a, like a kind of many topics to to take care of before we are there. So uh, for me, I think uh, sustainability means that you do not only look at financial factors, but also consider uh, mm. what is ethical, what is right, and also what our stakeholders is expect us to do. For example, mm -hmm. with uh, environmental mm -hmm. and social issues, and and that is something that it's uh, ever growing now. What our stakeholders, for example, customers, uh, expect us to do. Mm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think even this this takes us directly into uh, the conversation. So really nice intros there. <laughs> Yeah, and it sounds that there has been some kind of wake-up moment for investors and for you as well, like in mm. terms of sustainability and the concept is evolving all the time and becoming even more broad in a sense and important. Exactly. Yeah, hey, before we go further, let's talk about Varma. So apparently you are investing, but what is Varma? Well, I can take that one. So uh, Varma is a mutual pension insurance company and mutual means that we are owned by our customers. Mm -hmm. And our core task is to secure pensions and mm -hmm. the pensions that we provide, they are what we call statutory pensions. So mm -hmm. uh, we take care of a pension cover of private entrepreneurs and employees. So what happens is that companies take out dual insurance for their employees, while entrepreneurs, they insure themselves with dual insurance. Mm. <laughs> and the money collected is for present and future pensions. And that is what makes us a significant investor, because it's those assets that we are investing. Mm. Mm. So you are making sure that, that like... Uh, money of Finnish people are mm -hmm. spent wisely and there you very much need to focus on sustainability so that then people do not lose their money 
well, uh, so it's the future pension money that we are investing. Yeah, exactly. How it's how it's spent later on mm. that we can't really, you know, that's <laughs> you can't really keep control. Control. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I'm just curious. So, is Valma just present in Finland, or you have some operations in other countries? No, we are a national uh, operator, okay. so it's Finnish, Finnish mm. uh, work that we are uh, insuring. Okay. But, but our, of course, the uh, investment portfolio we have it's it's globally diverse. Okay. Mm. Yeah. What about? Do you have some governmental mandate as Varma, or is totally private the company? Well, that is a good question because we do have a mandate coming coming from the government, but we are a private company because we are privately owned by our customers. Okay. Mm-hmm. But, the, but the mandate is only to do the business we do right now, so to provide pension insurance, and that's the only only business we can have. Okay. Okay. Interesting. That's very 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 interesting. Yeah. So, <laughs> and we have around five hundred and fifty employees, and our headquarters is in Helsinki, Salmisaari. Wow, that's a big, um, big, big number for just operating in Finland. Wow. Yeah, but hey, then let's talk about. Um, or actually, one more question: Is there Varma kind of people uh, companies? in Finland in general? Is that like, how is the competition landscape? Hanna, do you want to take that one? I, I can I can I can start with that one. Yes, uh, there are other uh, same type of companies which are uh, competitors to us. So yes, not naming those right now. Yeah, yeah. no need to yeah. do that. Yeah. No need to. <laughs> Today we yeah. focus on bottom. <laughs> but, but still, Let's start by exploring a bit about what is there happening uh, in the world at the moment from investors' point of view. So, how, how do you see what what can what are investors at the moment doing for climate change mitigation? Oh, that's a very broad question, but defi- <laughs> definitely <know>. some <laughs> definitely something that's happening. I I try to kind of uh make, make it short um but i i would say that uh everything regarding climate change started um from investors point of view a few uh, i guess um, I don't know, six seven years ago when some of the like especially um investors from scandinavia netherlands thought that Uh, there are certain companies uh, regarding uh, well, uh, climate change related uh, industries where we uh, are not investing and they set uh, share uh, like like a thresholds for uh, power generation um, and uh, how much uh, coal ignite could be a part of that power generation mm. And uh, the threshold used to be like 50% back in the days. Then, uh, mm-hmm. then it was like uh, uh, 40, 30, 20, 
and now somebody have like five. But uh, uh, that was the first step. So not thinking. Uh, so thinking where not to invest and how to actually limit the investment universe. Um, I guess the next step, or the kind of a, a step aligned with that, was that there were a lot of uh, cooperation with different investors. So there are like uh, joint engagements. Um, so kind of. Uh, uh, investors uh, collecting forces and contacting uh, companies which are which uh, uh, are in the space that they are either emitting a lot of emissions or or, or are not uh, changing their operations in order to cut those emissions. For example, Climate Action 100 Plus is one of those joint initiatives and we are also part of that um, and they are targeting or we are targeting their uh, 100 and uh, plus so 61 <laughs> uh, nowadays uh, companies uh, uh, which are emitting a lot and try to push those companies to take some actions on the strategy level and then on the business level uh, to mitigate climate change. So first thinking uh, where not to invest then uh, cooperation with different investors. Uh, then regulation is something also. So there is a huge EU Green Deal um, package and that uh, has uh, implication to certain directives and how to actually report regarding climate change. That's, that's one thing. And then in, in, in the reporting space, we also have uh, the current uh, US president and the, uh, and the financial uh, um, uh, SEC there to uh, developing their own uh, framework for climate change. So a lot of on that front, on the regulatory and the reporting front also. Um, and uh, in the mitigation space, if you think about what, what is the logic there from the investor's point of view, is that uh, if there are like <clears throat> customers who are not willing to have like huge carbon footprint in their own value chain, then the companies which are having a bigger carbon footprint may suffer on business-wise, and that's one point. Then there is this, uh, 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 like, um, carbon emission trading scheme. Uh, so the carbon prices, if you emit a lot of carbon, then you need to uh, pay the price, so-called. And that price has uh, uh, risen quite a bit uh, during last two years. So, mm. the, so it makes more expensive to actually emit uh, <laughs> carbon emissions mm. for the industry. So, so as an investor, you are kind of you are uh, analyzing the risks uh, for the, for those uh, investee companies. So, whether those are good investments or not, if there will be additional cost in the in the in, in the business re uh, relating to carbon. Uh, carbon uh, 
prices or the change in customer customer behavior. And of course, the kind of then is the liquidity. What other investors are doing? So, uh, uh, in a sense, at least on the equity side, uh, uh, there is uh, there is something that uh, if the kind of the demand for for a certain investment is is growing, so uh, then somebody is left behind, and then you need to think about uh, or whether that's a good investment in the long term. Uh, so uh, there are a lot of things happening in the mitigation side, but uh, uh, let's see uh, then also on the adaptation side. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is, um, I would say, a very detailed um, explanation or a long list of what investors can actually do. Um, to address climate change. But I, I just have a follow-up question to that. So does your clients, so the, the clients of Varma, have any say on what their, um, their monies are used for when it comes to invest, investments? Uh, in, in, in general, that's defined by the uh, law. So tuottavuus and turvavuus is the kind of mm. phrase there but when yeah. we think about climate change uh, it's uh, just when you follow for example the certain uh, happenings right now in mm. certain industries yeah. um, uh, just right uh, this week we have the for example in, in Texas we have the uh, power grid operator, the ERCOT, is saying mm-hmm. that uh, people in Texas shouldn't use their uh, air conditioning because it's too hot and that the power grid will actually have difficulties uh, mm-hmm. staying <laughs> staying up okay. and running. <laughs> and, they, and it was only like four months ago when they had the opposite problem because it was too cold for the power grid. Ah. So if, if you as an investor don't think about the kind of the anomalies in the in the weather patterns which are occurring uh, more often mm-hmm. uh, probably you are not thinking all the risks there are uh, within those uh, uh, investments so okay. I, I guess the risk manage- management is that's at least the one point but then mm-hmm. uh, Katarina would you follow up on the on the uh, uh, how we ask uh, what we ask for example the from the uh, regarding our uh, responsible investment or responsible investment in the uh, in general um, from different uh, from the people. How do you mean our customers? Yes. Yes, the clients of uh, yeah. Yeah, we did have a questionnaire quite recently. Uh, mm. That was sent to about all the customers that we have, and we do have those quite a lot if you think of all the companies and also all the private customers that we have uh, through those companies and the ones that are already enjoying the pensions that they get from us. And we mm-hmm. uh, did ask them like to prioritize the kind of a sustainability topics. And one, mm-hmm. was, one was climate change and the actions we've been doing and uh, also other uh, themes like uh, sustainable... Um, uh, sustainable buying 
or what's mm-hmm. the what's the uh, term for sustainable supply chain? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so we do ask them if this is important to you, and they okay. all agree that it is. And and Jennifer, you wanted to know if the customers have a say. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you are a private customer, then no, because that uh, that decision decision has been made for you. But as a company, we okay. do have other other companies like us. So actually, you can decide if you want to be on board with a sustainable uh, investor or if that's not important to you. So you do have a choice as a company. And as a company, but not yeah. as a Okay, so you yeah. have both of the options. Yes. Yeah, and I think uh, our strategy is that uh, we want to be the most sustainable company and we want to be mm. a kind of a pioneer in this industry. So yeah. we do think that this is important to us and as well to our customers. Mm. In, a, in a financial point of view, as Hanna explained, but also in, in the point of view of thinking of uh, future generations and the kind of a planet that we are know leaving behind as Hanna yeah. and Cheek mm-hmm. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> okay yeah yeah thank you yeah I, I think you did answer my question yeah maybe in the future then the private customers would also have the opportunity to have a say but for now I think the bigger companies voice is enough because at the end of the day I feel the clients are sort of enabling the companies we purchase from them we, we, we finance most of the operations, so yeah. Yeah, and at the end of the day, the customers and actually can choose if they want to be customers, right? So that's kind of the Definitely, same yeah. mm. um, But hey, bottom is having a target to, this is a bridge, don't get bridge translated from Finnish. So Varmo uh, has a target to become carbon neutral, right, uh, till, Two thousand thirty five. Yeah. Thirty five. Yeah. So what 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 is that about? How are you going towards the goal? Um yeah, that's a that's that's a good question. Um but what how we have assessed that and how we have uh, kind of made the pathway uh, towards uh, carbon neutrality is that uh, as it's very uh, big and uh, one could say blurry definition for things, we have set certain uh, very uh, detailed targets for different uh, uh, timelines and for different asset classes, how we will actually uh, go towards that target. So, uh, for example, uh, we have uh, the carbon intensity reduction target, so the carbon footprint reduction targets uh, for um, listed equities and, and listed corporate bonds, and those are based on the IPCC uh, kind of pathway, how much the emissions would need to go down. So that's, for example, one point. Uh, then, um, for uh, example, real estate, we have set uh, targets that the real estate uh, emission, uh, 
electricity and heat should be emission free uh, by 25 and uh, 2030. So that's one point because uh, of course the um, buildings consume uh, or are, are kind of in that value chain for um, uh, consuming both electricity and heat and those are of course uh, generated by uh, some uh, some way. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there we have, for example, uh, um, change the district heating uh, to uh, ground thermal heat pumps. Just to give you one example. So when we have this climate neutrality target, so it kind of uh, goes uh, down to very detailed initiatives what we have in place. And then uh, uh, um, we set this target, it was 2019, and, and personally I think that what is the most kind of um, critical here is that you are willing to actually uh, accept new information uh, regarding climate change, because we don't know how the technologies will actually develop in the future, for example, the carbon capture or carbon storage, or there are a lot of talk about hydrogen and how that will change. Mm -hmm. And uh, like it's every, every day when we read news about uh, what, what's done in the scale left in, in Sweden and their carbon neutral steel and uh, everything like that. So it's mm -hmm. very difficult to forecast what are the, uh, what are the kind of the businesses and uh, the, the ideas that will be in place uh, 2030 onwards. But then again, we have said that we will update our carbon um, um, our climate uh, targets uh, by every uh, third year. So, 23 uh, uh, is the is the next uh, update year uh, at the latest. Uh, when we gather more information, what we gonna basically do? Because what we have realized that at least the uh, the risks are following through. Uh, regarding if you are not uh, adapted to this change because it seems that uh, it seems that the whole world is going uh, well above uh, three degrees warming mm. so uh, uh, and how how would uh, regarding the year so uh, EU has, said that uh, EU will be carbon neutral by 2050 and Finland and some other countries have said uh, that they will be uh, carbon neutral by uh, 35 and as a Finnish company that's uh, then the uh, it's kind of uh, makes sense that to have the same year even though that the portfolio we have is global so mm -hmm. uh, of course then we are following uh, what's happening in the states uh, how they are uh, coming back to the paris agreement and what's how that's actually changing both on the federal uh, level and then on the state level the certain uh, measures they are taking mm -hmm.
Yeah, definitely ma- makes sense. Makes sense. And I was actually able to ask why why thirty five, like two thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, but uh, it also seems that there's a lot to say from this regulatory, like decision making makers, so that they define a time, and then you follow. And it's in- actually interesting to see how big of an impact those decision makers and ha- are having globally to different players and different companies in even in like EU, Finland or globally. Follow up question. So how, how is uh, the activities in US happen uh, affecting you in terms of this Paris agreement? Uh, like what are the scenarios there? <laughs> uh, in general, uh, in general, we are just, uh, of course, that it applies to every every geography we follow what what is the kind of the political path and what are the decisions from investors point of view uh, in general one would say mm-hmm. that if there is a kind of a, a policy which is uh, uh, forward looking which which doesn't change uh, year by year that's more <laughs> that that's mm-hmm. better because then you can kind of analyze the cash flows in the future. Mm. But if there is a very volatile policy regarding anything, then it uh, makes it makes it uh, more difficult. But then again, uh, I would say that the the, the uh, headline level level is one thing, and then the kind of the uh, what's actually happening in the operation level is is the other thing for and uh, uh, just one anecdote is that the Texas is huge wind um, wind farm uh, state even mm. though one would could expect that uh, on the headline level that's not very uh, <laughs> much they are in favor but that's not the truth so what it what it requires from uh, our side is of course to look through those uh, uh, not focus on the on the phrases focus on what's actually happening in the uh, in the field but, yeah. but then again uh, there are big changes uh, and uh, and but on the different level on the uh, on the EU level on the federal government level in in the states then in China, mm-hmm in India, uh, all over the world. And then national level, uh, municipality level. Yes, but but I guess it's all like the idea is that all these different actions will come together at the end of the day and make a greater impact. So yeah, yeah, one would expect that to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I also came across a term um, this TCFD, which Valma is, I would say, utilizing or a part of. So can you um, kindly educate us on that and then how it kind of affects your operations as well? Uh, yes. Um, so the uh, TCFD is a task force on climate-related financial disclosure. And that was uh, initially released 2015 uh, by the Financial Stability Board. And uh, there were two men behind that, Mark Carney and Mike Bloomberg, who came to the the kind of the idea that uh, 
for financial figures, we have certain ways to report those. Mm -hmm. So we have IFRS and uh, GAP, US GAP. But for climate change uh, related risks, uh, both physical and uh, and so-called transition market risk, and then the opportunities. We don't have any framework, and mm. they they set uh, so set this framework up, and um, now many of the uh, companies we also are using that to kind of analyze the climate change related risk on the on the businesses. And uh, there was uh, just, uh, it was this week uh, or last week uh, in the G7 uh, meeting discussion mm. that whether it should be mandatory to report it in, uh, by that, uh, according to that framework in, in, in every uh, G7 country. At least in the UK, you need to do that. Uh, but mm. what do you do there do? You basically... Uh, disclosed uh, uh, kind of the management and the strategy and who is oversight responsibility of the climate risks. Then what you do, you uh, set the targets, uh, you analyze what are the risks, there are metrics, and this, you disclose those. So what we have done, we have done uh, kind of uh, try to analyze what are the transition risks, for example, those being, as I just um, earlier mentioned, the emission rights prices, then there might be, uh, there are carbon borders uh, talks in the <laughs> also <laughs> going. So that's yeah. one kind of regulatory transition risks. And then we have the physical risks acute, uh, those being the, um, which we don't know whether that those are uh, we don't know yet whether those are uh, climate change related or just weather patterns. So mm. extreme weather conditions and uh, and that affects in many in many industries. Then you have yeah. the chronic risks. So uh, mm. if it will be uh, if we will have inhabitable places uh, uh, due to drought or uh, so, that's definitely in the long term, that's definitely uh, uh, chronic risks. So uh, this is something uh, uh, I think is, it's pretty a good framework to analyze mm -hmm. the, and, and to explain the risks you are analyzing within your uh, um, businesses and then report on that. Mm -hmm. And not yeah. all the risks are very far away. For example, for our real estate properties, we do own buildings that are like uh, located uh, close to uh, close to shore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even in Helsinki, <laughs> so we did a study and kind of analyze to see uh, uh, what are the risks that uh, when temperatures rise and probably the sea level rise. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there a risk that our, our uh, real estate properties will be underwater uh, mm. in, in coming mm. years? But there yeah, is so, also kind yeah. of a relief, so there is not a big risk. But it's it's something that it's quite important to know regarding these physical risks of climate change. Yeah. 
And I think even one good example is this chronic risk that Hannah was talking about. It's already happening in some parts of Africa already. This drought, severe droughts that has forced a lot of people to migrate um, to different countries. So it's it's kind of closer than we think, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And very concrete things. Yes. Yeah. Even if you didn't uh, end up changing the location of the building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then, and then, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just thinking because it, it seems that there are a lot of like examples and there has been a lot of talk about, about the like the semiconductor shortages that the Taiwanese mm. semiconductor are not able to kind of this, uh, the meet the demand of semiconductor space. And uh, it's been um, the semiconductor industry requires the favor. They uh, they re- require a lot of water, and mm. it hasn't been uh, there hasn't been any typhoons in Taiwan, and the like, and the water reservoirs have been mm. like one to two percent of their capacity. Uh, just briefly, and uh, it's been interesting to see that the kind of the, the big investment banks are analyzing how dry it's in in Taiwan and how that will af- actually affect on the on the semiconductor <laughs> supply yeah. chain. So, oh kind of what we see, but it's not very uh, like a de- very detailed stuff what we see here, and and uh, we have long. Uh, uh, it, it's affecting whether I actually have like who is who can buy the EV EV car in 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 in, mm. in Europe. Yeah, yeah, it, it's true. I think it's it's more evident in some parts, and it's very interesting because there was a very huge investment to build these semiconductors when the typhoon happened some years ago, and to see that that investment is almost like going to be either reversed or useful <laughs> not come off uses is quite yeah. sad yeah yeah and then then of course so those are recycling the water there mm. but then yeah. if you have somebody who if, if there is also farming in the same using the same reservoir water so mm. then you are like uh, there's a lot of <laughs> what is the kind what's fair yeah <laughs> Uh, that discussion is very difficult, and uh, there is somebody who is actually uh, farming uh, rice, and uh, whether she or he can use the water, who can? Oh, yeah, oh yeah. Okay, <laughs> interesting conversations, but we will see how the world progresses from here. <laughs> yeah. So then we can see that really soon there is the social aspect thing. Like this physical risk, definitely, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, then uh, and also relating to how you re-educate people to uh, mm-hmm. have different skill sets. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, the follow like continuing from there. So now, if we look at this uh, TCFD framework, there's we've been talking a lot about risks, but there in the strategic planning and risk management. Part, there's also opportunities. So how are you assessing these? For example, like resource efficiency or product services, markets, that kind of things. Customers were, were already mentioned for quite many times. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think this is the whole clue 
in the this is the this is the thing in in the investment that you analyze the of course you analyze the risks but where you where is the you analyze the opportunities mm. and uh, what are the kind of the who is actually <clears throat> uh, who is solving the problem and kind of benefiting from that so this is this is one thing we are doing it's not mm. you it's you can try we try to do it on the aggregate level but on the but it's basically what it requires it's a, it's company by company you analyze the different data you analyze what are the market what are the kind of the r&d and what you do but the, uh, but this is the whole I, I would say that this is this is more of the thing but then it's very difficult to, it, how to how to actually phrase it in the report and how to be mm-hmm. more open about it yeah, uh, yeah. it's uh, it's not so easy yeah but yeah. yes yeah uh, uh, there are a lot of like new initiatives i've, I've been definitely following uh, w- what's going on and when you have new initiatives uh, then you then you, you need to separate the science fiction part and the kind of what's uh, <laughs> what's, ha- what's happening uh, in the like reliable uh, future one could say yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah not too easy to forecast the future for sure <laughs> yeah, <I guess laughs> yeah it's uh, yeah but uh, that's the, that's the whole thing here <laughs> yeah but I think, um, Katarina, you did say that you've been in the industry for quite a while, so a number of years. So what has been some of the changes you've noticed aside, like people becoming more aware of this climate change topic? What are some or one one other significant change you've, you've seen over the years? Uh, good question. Uh, I'd actually if I can mention two. <laughs> one, yes, two, yeah, of course. Is, <laughs> one is the, what actually Hanna also pointed out, is uh, the amount of regulation uh, coming mm. from EU and then later on implemented to, <laughs> to our legislation back in Finland. And that usually uh, concerns uh, reporting, <laughs> which, mm. which, which brings me to my other uh, point is that the the amount of reporting on sustainability uh, uh, actions and strategies and measures, uh, it comes like there's more reporting and also like more guidelines and uh, more accurate uh, things that uh, is required uh, from companies to cover uh, and disclose in these reports. So in a sustainability, uh, uh, if you are are doing sustainability work uh, at a company, uh, Mm. I'd say more and more time uh, will be spent uh, with reporting, which is kind of a shame because you could also use that time to, you know, develop things and make things better, but you need to to, uh, allocate time Mm -hmm. for reporting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, is there like any way to I don't know I'm yeah I'm always like automating everything and taking some AI so is there some way to automate this reporting you know so that you you yeah you could use your time that yeah. is, you are not like just just above the line but you are exceeding it so much 
that then you can just automate the reporting. Like, we don't need to take this to the episode. This is like out of curiosity. Um, I wish I knew. <laughs> <laughs> Anna, do you have any ideas? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, one thing that is usually kind of behind the scenes regarding, like, for example, a responsible investment, it's, a, it's a lot of, it's big part of that is actually um, both working with people and that thing, but then again, is the data development. It's kind of mm. what do you do? Uh, but, but but that's not fancy stuff. What we can like? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> this. But this. Uh, but that makes more. Uh, um, that's uh, that's the kind of things that puts things forward. You have uh, so sort of like user interface uh, mm. things mm. that the portfolio managers do there when they do the investment decisions. They have all the data in one place, and it's so it's kind of easy and it's totally mm. integrated. And then it's integrated in the reporting, in the KPIs, in the remuneration. So, but that's mm. not. Uh, and once all the data is uh, is in the like in the investment department. Um, automated then in, we could also use that uh, more automated way in the reporting mm. yep but the but the amount of different reporting framework is that's the that's that's worrying me exactly. i would mm. I, I i would rather have one <laughs> <laughs> one type of using but then uh, yeah yeah one that, mothership yeah. and many yes first but it, yeah, that's mm. not how it goes at uh, the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think in the future it's going to change once like it becomes part of everyday at them, like everyday work and companies wouldn't need to report as much. But uh, maybe it's because it's, it's still in the initial stages. That is why they are monitoring it so much. But then if most companies adopt it, there may be sustainability heads and directors and managers can spend their time innovating instead of just filling up forms and reporting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, huh. hopefully so. So there's some room for improvement for improvement. sure. Improvement. Yeah. Even if there's a lot happening for sure. And thank you for pointing that part out. Yeah, Important. definitely. So now we're very, like coming to the end of our conversation, not yet, but soon it's time to yeah. wrap up. So now if looking at the future and if looking at, or actually, well, looking at the future, do you have some like things that you would point out for all the listeners? Like why should companies or the listeners, I don't know, become more sustainable? And for companies, how does it make sense to become more sustainable? From business point of view, <clears throat> uh, one could say that sustainable company is more uh, attractive investment to many of the Western investors. So mm -hmm. the kind of the access to financing would be easier, and mm. and uh, maybe also the um, um uh it would be more uh, cheap cheaper money 
in that front also. Um, that's that's one point. And mm-hmm. then uh, there are two kind of, um, uh, if you're a listed company, uh, either on the equity or, or the credit side, um, there are a lot of like uh, so-called um, uh, in the indices that, that are using uh, sustainability metrics, mm-hmm. and once you o- if you only uh, fill certain forms and have set certain targets, for example, science-based targets, you are uh, applicable to those indices. So then it would uh, you would be more um, you would be in the in the indices which are actually a big part of the market. So that's one point. Uh, purely on the investment uh, side, of course, yeah. and probably um, also sustainable businesses attract also the customers. Mm. And future talent as well, if you think of who you want to, who you want to hire in future and also for the present uh, employees. I mean, who wouldn't want to be on board with a sustainable company? And that, I, I think that brings motivation to people as well yeah yeah and it's very attractive for for young young people nowadays that exactly they care more about these things yeah i think yeah i think uh operating in a sustainable manner will bring you competitive edge in many ways Mm -hmm. yeah even more in future Yeah. yeah for sure and like if thinking about myself being sustainable or being part of building the future is kind of important for me personally so yes now I, I think we can we can ask from maybe we would want both of you to answer this part like when we talk about um the call to action what what can people do um individuals contribute to making this dream come true for all of us this future we we are aspiring to build for the generation ahead of us so what are some of the the things you would want to say to people that they can contribute individually as well so maybe katarina can go first and then hannah continues okay i was um i was thinking uh young people still trying to figure out like what to study and uh that kind of questions so i would say uh quite surprisingly to me being a humanist by soul, and that's something that I've been studying, communication studies and all these humanities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would say it would be a re- very good idea to study economics or finance. <laughs> uh, okay. in, in the sense mm-hmm. that if you want to change the world, and I never studied economics or finance, and that is something I've been uh, regretting quite li- deeply over the years. and. And my, my point is that uh, at the end, uh, it's the money that makes the world go around. And if you want to be a part of uh, the movement and if you want to change things, then I think it's better if you understand the, the uh, life of money <laughs> and okay. how, the, how the cash flows go. Okay. So I think that's, uh, yeah, that's one point. And then I'd also like to say that uh, don't lose your optimism 
because I know that all the phenomena like climate change and and the loss of uh, biodiversity they can cause anxiety and yeah. and make you kind of a pessimist but at the same time I love the slogan by VTT saying that it's it's like the most exciting time to be alive because all the yeah. technologies that it's uh, developed and I, I just think that everything is possible mm. Ooh. Yeah. That was, uh, was that's so powerful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good Everything speech. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, okay. okay, yeah, Hannah. I think you studied finance, so I'm sure it's not the same thing. No, yeah, yeah. I, I then I could end with the engineer engineers. <laughs> 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 yeah, because it seems that uh, I would say that. Uh, substance with passion <laughs> so in a sense that know something very deeply and be professional with that and then work with uh, passion uh, to promote that mm -hmm. uh, it, oh. so i guess uh, yes there was okay. a lot of uh, hap things happening in the in the engineering stuff and uh, in, in, in engineering space and then how to actually make it commercial and sell it to everybody like uh, Swedish people do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, Maya, what about you? But because you studied engineering, then we would just keep going around. Yeah. Maya. <laughs> yeah, I've been studying both business and engineering, so engineering, so I'm very happy with this. That is a good combination. Uh, recommendations. recommendations. <laughs> Ah, okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. And and I, I agree with Katarina. I think optimism keeps you alive. Like, because once you start losing, if you, you become a pessimist, then it, it affects every aspect of your life. Yeah. So no, no matter how bad things are going, just try to be optimistic because there's always a light at the end of any tunnel. You just have to find it. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. And I love this passion. So whatever you do, be passionate about that. So then you bring you forward. Uh, yeah, one of Varma values is uh, with joy and passion. So okay. that is yeah. what we, mm -hmm. yeah, we actually have that in, in our DNA. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, Maya, now do you want to ask the ultimate question? Okay, the ultimate question. <laughs> so now very short answers, straight to the point. What are your totem SDGs? Okay, uh, I suppose this is not a big surprise, but I chose climate action. And um, the reason is that I think that it's one of the uh, most urgent ones. Mm -hmm. uh, and also I think it, uh, it kind of affects many other SDG uh, themes like uh, like poverty and clean water and uh, it has mm. many reflections so that is why i chose climate action okay. it has a, such very a huge good. impact on all all life on planet mm, very true it does yeah and because i i i don't i can't i cannot choose the same one i will <laughs> i have i will have a, a triangle there so I will have decent work and economic growth with good health and well-being and quality education. So 
kind of knowing what you do and then uh, with economic growth and decent work promoting the climate action. Ah. Uh, okay, fair, okay. fair enough. So one SDG is not enough by far. Not <laughs> yeah, combined. Very true. Yeah, but with quality SDGs, I, I believe you can do everything here with every mm. SDGs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and they are interconnected anyway. So mm -hmm. yeah. sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've we've come to this exciting conversation today, and I think it's been lovely. I've enjoyed our conversation a lot. Um, I always say this that when we have a guest from a company, we normally don't think that companies like pensions or insurance or banks or law firms have any role to play. But then you have kind of explained how important it is to get all the stakeholders in in our societies to take this serious. So thank you, Varma, for, for taking that step. Uh, not Varma, but yeah, Hannah and Katarina. Hannah and Katarina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you for taking the time off your busy schedules to, to chat with us and discuss this topic. Maya. Yeah, that, thank you from my side as well. It has been very interesting to have a conversation with you. And uh, I'm curious to know, and actually our listeners are also curious to know, if they can follow you on social media, for example, or if there are some follow-up questions for you, how they can contact you. Sure, we are present in all social media channels. Uh, for example, Twitter, we tweet quite a lot. Uh, on mm -hmm. company, company account and also personally, Hanna and me, we are both active on Twitter and on LinkedIn as well. And you can find also our uh, sustainability report online on our web pages. Okay. And also you can, I think at least for me, you can contact. Uh, my information is found on the web pages and I'll be happy to discuss more. Okay, very good. So now there's a lot of messages coming and everyone's gonna call you. <laughs> Hopefully. Be ready. <laughs> very good. But hey, thank you so much for the conversation. And yeah. Thanks thank for you. having us. It was nice thank talking you. to you. Thank yeah. you. It was super thank interesting you. discussion. Thank you Perfect. for joining us. Yeah. My name is Jennifer Ohimen. I'm Maya Luka. And, and we, we are, are here, here to, to save, save ourselves. ourselves. <laughs>